God. I don't know. I gotta say it was a good day. Back with the WMAY Morning News Feed. I'm Greg Bishop. 723. Let's check now with State Representative Brad Halbrook joining us. Good morning, Representative. Uh, are you guys coming back soon or what? <laughs> well, I think that, yeah. The rumor is maybe uh, there's an executive committee for Thursday morning, I think, in the House. So uh, I haven't got the official call yet, but we know that committee's posted. We also have, uh, you know, the energy issues, which is in that committee, uh, and the Senate already passed that, uh, and uh, it's kind of where I want to start, and we'll talk about uh, the ethics issue, which there's a deadline to move on that mandatory veto that the governor issued. Uh, but on energy, uh, what are you hearing? Uh, what's this look like out there? Yeah, well, I think it's kind of a mess. Um, you know, they've worked on this all spring, and, and now here it is uh, September, and they're still working on it. The amendment was filed uh, to SB 18, I believe, uh, Friday afternoon. And uh, it's really concerning to us in uh, most of the state of Illinois uh, just because of these date-certain closures of these coal-fired and gas-fired electrical generating facilities that are supplying uh, thousands of megawatts to millions of homes. Representative, uh, when we're talking about uh, the, the bill, looks like uh, we're going to be propping up uh, renewable energy and um, nuclear energy. Uh, and some have uh, urged caution that if we if we take this route, we'll be back in just a handful of years to bail out nuclear again because they say that uh, it's creating an uneven playing field here. Uh, how real is that uh, prospect? And uh, should ratepayers be uh, monitoring their their ongoing utility bills if this thing passes. Yeah, you know, that's what's the concerning uh, part about it is every time we try to prop up this or that industry or we do something else, it has these unintended consequences somewhere else. And we see this this major push to adopt this California-style energy policy that's just riddled full of holes that uh, uh, drives up costs, it reduces reliability, uh, and in the situation with what happens in Illinois, it's going to drive those jobs out of state and it's going to import energy uh, from our neighbors that some would say would maybe be less clean uh, generated electricity. So, you know, I mean, every time we, uh, you know, have these ratepayer um, increases, you know, in this bill, I think it's nearly $700 million. And, I, and that's the first, I guess, I'd heard that maybe there's another one coming down the road after this one expires. You know, it's just it's just this constant uh, trying to fix these issues. Um, it's kind of kind of strange. Representative, of course, with the uh, executive uh, committee scheduled for Thursday, we have yet to get word that you guys will be called back for a special session um, to, to deal with energy. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that committee hearing and any updates. Uh, but you also have the ethics provisions that were passed in the spring. And the governor, he made an mandatory veto of that, ultimately changing the bill. Uh, and uh, the Senate passed that. But when it got into the House, uh, there was uh, a change of heart from a lot of Republicans. Uh, but you were one that uh, was pretty critical of this from the get-go back in uh, May. Uh, tell us where we're at right now. Yeah, so I was one of five no votes back in May. Um, you know, this bill, um, it's hard to vote against this stuff, right? I mean, it's just very difficult to vote against it. However, and the, and the, and the debate was, well, we have to start somewhere. This is a good start. Um, you know, we've got to do something about this problem. The issue is, on these major things like this, we never come back and address the real reform. It never gets to the heart of the matter. So, you know, they can say, look, we passed it uh, back in 
2021. There's nothing more to see here. It's all fixed up. Move along. You know, there's, it's all done. Uh, but evidently, you know, this triggered some folks with the amendatory veto, and it failed uh, 59 uh, to whatever to sustain that uh, mandatory veto. Um, you know, we, we introduced, the House Republicans introduced nearly a dozen bills last year uh, to deal with these different types of ethics that, uh, and corrupt, anti-corruption measures. We can't even get a hearing on them. Representative, uh, we've got that deadline coming up. Um, is it uh, safe to say that you might get a call uh, about returning to special session because the 15th is just around the corner? That also apparently seems to be when uh, you know Exelon is going to close down a couple of their uh, uh, their their sites, their nuclear sites. So uh, you've been in the in the legislature for a bit. Uh, right. Your prognostication skills here. Uh, are you guys coming back uh, either uh, this week or next week? You know, I would kind of suspect that to happen. Um, you know, this is too big uh, to just let it just, you know, not happen, and especially now that we see that the bill was posted in exec for Thursday morning. I think something's happening. I think I just had to get through the holiday weekend, and I would anticipate seeing something today. Um, it's kind of my that's my thought anyhow. Representative, something else I wanted to touch on uh, before we talk about a special guest that you'll be hosting in your district uh, this weekend. Uh, We've got the vaccine uh, mandates that the governor had on September 5th, but on Friday he announced they're extending that deadline to September 19th. Um, We also see that uh, the the full vaccine that's been approved by the FDA uh, is like Comirnaty or something, and that's not yet available uh, from various reports. Uh, What's going on with this, and, and does the legislature play a role in uh, these types of vaccine mandates? Well, I think that's what we've talked about for a year and a half is the governor continues to go it alone, doesn't include the legislature in this process. And, you know, it's just kind of uh, bizarre that he issues these these mandates, he dates certain things, and then for whatever reason, the date gets punted off for two weeks. What's the science behind that? I know this latest measure um, uh, with these uh, medical workers and the teachers and all the employees uh, in these situations, it has um, it has created quite a disturbance, and um, I'm not really sure where that's all going. And I think the disturbance has created is why there was a, a you know a, a date pushed off for two weeks because of the pushback. So I don't know where that's all going, but it's. Um, Something's got to change here. Well, this when, is not working out very well. When you talk about a disturbance, uh, elaborate on that a bit. Are you talking about lack of services, lack of people, uh, em- employees involved here? Expand on that. Well, I think I, I think it's the people that are affected. I mean, you know, folks, for the most part, were kind of willing to go along with the mass stuff, okay? They kind of see that, and they're kind of willing to go along with it. But when you start, you know, I, I mean, I think at this point, we've had the, the – uh, and I don't want to really want to call it a, a vaccine. I mean, it is it's been called a vaccine, but it's more of a therapeutic because we're seeing the breakthrough cases. I mean, the, the report that came out of Champaign a week ago uh, to where what 150 some out of 220 of the cases were people that were vaccinated. Right. So why is it, you know there's no there's no immunity there. It's just reducing the symptoms. That's that's right from the higher ups now. Um, and so I think it's just that. You know, the people that are the, the people that are vaccinated that want to be vaccinated, they're vaccinated. And now there's these these forced measures, these measures of coercion uh, to, to further the man, uh, the vaccine stuff. 
Representative Brad Halbrook with us here on the WMAY Morning News Feed. Uh, and then finally here, you've got a, uh, a national recognized guest coming to your district. Uh, go ahead yep. and uh, tell us what's going on this weekend. We're really excited. Denise D'Souza is coming in on Saturday evening to Arthur, Illinois, to a uh, music venue there called Penn Station. It's right on the north edge of, uh, of downtown Arthur. Uh, Denish has um, got 20 different uh, books that he's authored, uh, half a dozen plus different documentaries that he's been a part of. Uh, this is really a, um, a great opportunity to have this nationally known speaker come into central Illinois uh, this Saturday night. You can find all about it, bradhalbrook.com forward slash Dinesh. Uh, all, the, all the exciting details. And there's still some room available if folks want to come and hear you. And it'll be uh, an extensive speech, uh, and I imagine there will be uh, Q&A as well, uh, and that's uh, coming up this week. And give us the website one more time for people who want more information. Yeah, uh, com forward slash Dinesh. And we will actually be talking with uh, Dinesh D'Souza on Friday, uh, but only for like 10 minutes. So if you want uh, the full thing, uh, you'll uh, you'll have to go check out uh, uh, that that presentation. Uh, Representative Brad Halber, greatly appreciate you taking the time this morning and uh, hitting all these topics with us. You bet. Thanks for the call.